Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into it. You're listening to episode 136 of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey and Amber Green. We are joined for the entirety of this episode by none other than Niles Thornburg, producer Niles. He and his wife, Kate, are both producers here at the show. We kind of bounce ideas off one another. They give me thoughts for the podcast, and they try to help keep me out of trouble or in trouble. One of the the two. I think they get me in more trouble than they keep me out of. Anyhow, we planned on talking to Niles about his extensive military career. Niles is a veteran of the United States military. He served his country for 20 years, serving four combat tours over to the Middle East. And we wanted to talk about his service. We wanted to talk about his return home and the ups and downs associated with a veteran coming home, why they need a good support system in place. And we wanted to talk about an important person in a vet's life That is the VSO, or Veterans Service Officer, and why this person, the Veterans Service Officer, is an important person in each vet's life. We have uh, a deep respect for our military veterans here at the show, and we wanted to talk about this so that all of you out there could get a little bit more familiar with Uh, this and so we can show our respect and try to help veterans out who are in need. However, as sometimes occurs, life happens and changes plans. This episode was slated to record on Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. However, due to technical difficulty, I had to bump the recording to Wednesday January 6th, 2021, because we are now recording this on January 6th, 2021 in the evening, we of course witnessed the history that occurred earlier today, and we thought that it wouldn't be normal if we just skipped over that and talked about what we had planned. So, for this episode, 136, I'm titling it, Living Through History, Niles, Amber, and I plan to give you our thoughts and our feelings and opinions about what occurred today in the nation's capital. I want to preface this by saying the following. This just happened at the time of this recording a couple of hours ago. I am sure in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead, we will gain new information and new perspectives, which might change how Amber, Niles, or I feel about various things that we are going to say right now. Please do not hold us to these thoughts or these feelings or these opinions If new information arrives or as we grow as individuals, we're going to do our best to be upfront, open, and honest with you. I can guarantee you that 
Things that we will talk about in this episode are guaranteed to piss some of you off. I promise that others will be upset about something that I say or Amber says or Niles says, and I'm going to ask you to look at this as an educational episode, as an episode where we are strictly talking about our opinions based off what we all witnessed today. I have to be perfectly honest. I am still in shock. I am confused. I am not supporting anything. I am not saying everything is horrible. I am just going to talk to you and open myself up. I'm going to hope and ask that Niles and Amber does the same. And we're going to give you our honest, raw thoughts and feelings surrounding this event. I hope that you all will be able to at least resonate with various points of what you might hear in this episode and that you'll be able to say, yeah, that kind of makes sense and that you'll be willing to reach out to us here on the show and let us know what you think about various points of the conversation this evening. If you agree, if you disagree, if you really like something and resonate with something that we say, or if you really hate something that we say. But please bear in mind that we are all human. We are all experiencing this in real time. And this is just a group of people sitting down and talking about something as it's just basically happened. So just keep that in mind. All right, before we get started, we best take a quick break. That way, when we get started in the conversation, we won't have to break up the flow. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 136th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry. She is Amber Green, and we are joined by producer Niles Thornburg. We'll be right back. Perception Perception is reality. Reality. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and must consumer access.org number 3030. Perception. Perception. Perception is... Reality. Reality. (laughs) All right, we are back. And of course, joining me again for the third episode in a row is co-host Amber Green. Thank you for coming back. And for the first time in a long time, we have producer Niles Thornburg. Thank you for making an appearance. Of course, we were going to talk about your storied military career However, technical difficulties got in the way, it pushed it till tonight, which kind of gave us a good opportunity because what we didn't know last night was all hell was going to break loose in the Capitol today, and we would probably need to talk about it. So, in case you've been hiding under a rock, just for a little recap, the United States Senate and House of Representatives were to meet today in a joint session to certify the Electoral College votes 
from the November 2020 presidential election. Now, I knew there were going to be some crazy things occurring today because like two weeks ago, President Trump tweeted out that he wanted everyone to come to Washington, D.C. and await further instruction. Of course, he had it planned to give a speech at 11.30 or 11 a.m. on Wednesday, the 6th of January, 2021. And that was like a couple hours before the Congress was supposed to meet to start their process. So Trump spoke for like two hours, and sometimes it was disjointed and it didn't really make sense. And after the speech, I, I guess the crowd started walking towards the Capitol building. They were protesting. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. The Congress was inside starting their process, and they had just broke into two separate chambers to debate the merits of an objection for the Electoral College votes from the state of Arizona, I believe, and at some point, about 2 or 2.30, some of the protesters turned rioters, broke into the Capitol building, and started walking throughout the building, doing as they pleased, and making a mess of things, really. The vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, he was scooped up by the Secret Service and whisked away. The other elected officials, the senators, the representatives, they were all taken out in various different methods. It was kind of interesting. You had police officers and federal agents inside that were barricading the doors of the chambers and had their guns drawn and pointed at the doors. And you had these quote-unquote protest rioters who were walking throughout the building and just kind of disrupting things. Now, they weren't doing much crazy damage. They weren't destroying and knocking over statues. They weren't lighting things on fire, but they were just really walking in places that they probably shouldn't have been at this point in this juncture because business was underway. I mean, it is the people's house, but that's kind of what was happening, and it just really uh, went downhill from there. It's being called a siege, and you've got people from all walks of life who are saying all kinds of different things about this. Now, look, I am not condemning anything yet. I am not supporting anything yet. I am saying that violence and criminal behavior is not the answer 98% of the time. I can't say that violence isn't ever needed, but I can say that what was going on today, criminal actions and violence was not the answer. That being said, there are thousands and thousands of different viewpoints on what was going on, and I'm interested in what you two think, what your opinions are, and I will go ahead and start with you, Niles. Uh, tell me, when did you first hear about this, and, and what were your initial thoughts? I mean, the, my first reaction, because I work in a gun shop, I was like, well, gun sales should be pretty good tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought, but then, you know, I mean, this just goes to show the last election, you had, you know, the Democrat side saying, hey, everything's corrupted, it's been compromised. Um, you know, Trump stole the election. He shouldn't have won. 
and then all the drama and crap and waste of hundreds of millions of dollars to come up with nothing, hold another election. This time, you know, the Democrat candidate wins and the Republicans are saying, you know, it's compromised, it's corrupt. And the Democrats now say, no, it's the safest, securest elections in the world. And I, I just think what happened today at D.C. epitomizes what people feel. I mean, they're tight. The news doesn't matter what you watch. It's, it's crap. I mean, I quit watching the news two months ago and I feel much I feel a lot happier. Yeah. But people are tired of being lied to. They're tired of one party saying one thing. And then, you know, the next election, they just flip sides on the argument. I mean, we've had enough. When, when I think this should be a wake up call for the congressmen and senators that it's time to start being Americans. Stop right. borrowing money to help other countries pay off their national debt by adding to ours. Stop taking stop taking care of everybody else. You are an American. You are elected to represent the American people, and that's what you're here to do. Stop Absolutely. throwing agendas down our throat. Stop, you know, doing what corporate America wants you to do because they buy you out. It, to me, it should be a wake-up call. You know, people are, are getting tired, and we're not looking. You know, the divide and conquer isn't working anymore. We're starting to put our frustration where it should be, and that's at the elected officials. I mean, after World War II down in Tennessee – you know, all these soldiers came home and they found that their county was corrupt. They surrounded the courthouse with their vehicles and standing there with guns demanding that all the elected officials resign because of the corruption. Right. This isn't the first time that Americans have went after elected officials, you know, because they were corrupt. And I'm sure it won't be the last. But really, beyond all of that, what really got my goat was watching that, you know, when they're back in session – and I hear, you know, Mitch McConnell say, talk about a democratic republic. I mean, I don't live in a democratic republic. Um, and then listening to uh, Jackass, uh, I can't remember his name, the Democrat minority leader, he eludes me right now. That's, that's he, Chuck Schumer that you're trying to think of. That's it. Um, talk about democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We don't live in a democratic republic. This is a constitutional republic for a very specific reason and if anyone knows history or reads any kind of history book, understands why we don't live in a democracy. You're damn right about that. Uh, all right, moving over to Amber, you were getting your information about this event, not from regular news outlets or cable TV. Rather, you were getting your information from social media, which I kind of think adds a whole nother layer of yuck to it because you're getting everybody else's opinion along with it. What what say you about what you were hearing and how you were hearing it? I don't know that getting it from social adds another layer of yuck. I think it's just a different type. Because I'll, I'll agree that, that mainstream mm -hmm. news media is just garbage. So I'm, I'm not sad that I didn't see it live <laughs> on, you know, network television. Right. But, but the thing that really strikes me, especially going through social media for the last, what, seven hours now, is just the, the, the amount of hypocrisy from both sides, honestly, uh, is blowing my mind. And, and one of the posts that I saw was not uh, hypocritical that made me think was someone said, I don't know if I should be happy or scared or sad. And someone commented, okay, well, what about this would make you happy? 
and the original poster replied, this could be the beginning of the end of the two party system. And I thought, no. you know, I'm I personally being married to a police officer um, living in the United States in the last year. I'm not naive enough to believe that there's any logic in the statement. Violence is never the answer. But I do think uneducated, ignorant, misplaced violence is never the answer. So I, I can see why. Uh, I'm, I know that there's been times in my life, um, non, non-politically, where I've just been, you, you just get pushed so many times. Your, your button gets pushed so many times that you finally have had enough. And I think that's what the point of today was. But on this, on the same hand, part of me even questions the legitimacy of what happened today. Is I wasn't there. I don't personally know anyone that was there. And I, I have to question everything I'm being shown through this tiny thing that I hold in my hand. Right. I think it, it, it makes anyone who supports it, obviously, is a automatically going to be called the bad guy from what I've seen. Someone did lose their life, which I don't find in the slightest bit necessary or worthy of applause. But I also, I have to wonder what, it, what if this is not it, what is it going to take for career politicians to pull their heads out of their asses? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I don't know. They're talking about right now whether or not they're going to go back and finish the certification, which let me be clear, I think they should. I think they need to go back. And by the time the listener hears this, they probably have definitely certified the electoral college votes. So it will be a non-issue. But as we're recording this, I believe that they need to go back and do that. With that said, you know, it shouldn't be business as usual. They should look at what happened today and realize Man, like you said, they need to get it together and pull their heads out of their ass or or I don't I don't know. I I don't know that they're capable of doing that, I'll be honest. I kind of thought you were going to go another way with what you were saying there a moment ago, um, and I, I want to bring that up. But I, I noticed that there's starting to be a lot of people questioning, um, you know, who exactly did this? Was this the MAGA? Republican Trump folks that were protesting and doing the rioting? Was it members from the left, Antifa or Black Lives Matter, that infiltrated and made it look like it was the MAGA people? And we kind of got that same thing back in the summer during the Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests and riots there were people saying oh it's the white supremacist and it's the it's the alt-right and the conservatives that are infiltrating and doing all of this and so really people just are don't know which way to go with any of this and that really causes people to not really know what 
to believe and what not to believe. There's so much conspiracy theory out there anymore that it's just really hard to tell which way is up and which way is down. And there's a, a thing that I've noticed that's already started with this, where there have been pictures of folks throughout the Capitol building that people are already pulling up other pictures of them at other protests and saying, look, this person's wearing a MAGA hat in the Capitol building, but they're wearing a Black Lives Matter uh, shirt or logo in August in this city that was under siege. And so we're starting to have that. And that's one of the first things that I was hearing. I actually was on the phone with my mother when this was happening, and she said, I want to know... Uh, you know, whose flag these people are waving as, as they're going in there. And at first I thought, you know, what really does that matter if they're going in and doing this? But then, yeah, I guess she's right. That does matter. If the people in there that were doing the destruction and were breaking and entering and carrying on like that, doing the criminal activity, if they were leftists and they were doing it under the banner of the MAGA, Trump, Republican conservatives, well, that's a big deal. And, you know, it just depends if we ever find out if it's, that's it's true It's interesting that you said... Uh, what flag do they fly? Yeah. That statement, and and I'm not being offensive to your mother. No, I know fine. she was asking a question. Sure. They shouldn't be flying any freaking flag. You, <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, like right. I am. That's that's what part of what drives me nuts. <laughs> like you can, I don't care who you support. That is that is one of the great things about this country. You can support who you want, but when you will put someone's name on a flag before you will put this country's flag up, we've gone too far. Yes. Erase the board, start over. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Biden. Yep. I don't care. I don't care if it's freaking Big Bird. Like, when you are willing to throw up a person on a flag before you are willing to throw yeah. up the flag of the country in which you live, you've missed the entire mark. Yeah, that's where it comes down to the identity politics or being so compartmentalized that you can only root for your guy on your team wearing your flag and everybody else you're ready to absolutely just crush. And there are no other ways of thought. There are no other ways to do things. It's your way or the highway, and that's the problem. And now it's kind of starting to spill over into to other people, not even in D.C., and that's how it always goes. But now I'm starting to see people on my friends list that are saying, well, if you don't feel sad about this the way that I do, if you don't feel anger about this the way that I do, and if you don't believe the way that I do about this event, well, then you don't believe in the America that we live in, and you are not a part of the American system that, that we should be a part of, and you're a part of the problem. And I'm I'm like, wait a minute, hey now, that's just as crazy as anybody else posting anything else that's as one-sided and and shallow-minded as that. See, it's not it's not politics anymore. It's a religion. It's a cult. They don't ask you if you're Catholic or Protestant, are you Democrat or Republican? It's the new thing. And, yeah. and they, that is it's disgusting. I mean, what happened today, it's sad that our country has we're at that point. Yep. But for me, it was the first time that we weren't fighting amongst ourselves or burning down businesses. 
people were standing up and 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 pointing their anger at the political machine and that's where the anger should have always been and then you know the the, the news media you know they, they start talking about well let's you know blm trade whatever there's a there again, we're going back to let's split the country again. Let's throw out race or extremist organizations and move it in a different direction. Sure, sure. Well, and another thing that I was thinking about is for so long, you've had people on both the left and the right and, and actually anywhere else saying what we need to do is go to D.C. and kick the door down and throw the bums out and take back our house and make it our government again. And then what we're seeing today is some people actually did that but people don't really know if they like it because it doesn't look nice neat and pretty and it doesn't fit in their bag the way they want it to and you know i'm not saying that i condone what happened i'm just saying you know we have to take a look at what the rhetoric has been and and what people on both sides have talked about for so long and compare it with what happened and compare it with actions of, of other situations like this, where does this rank and, uh, you know, just kind of compare it overall to everything else that has been going on for the last year, two years, three years, where does this fit in the grand scheme of everything? And also, real quick, I do want to say, look, I know that that young lady lost her life. I'm not okay with that. I'm not condoning this, and I that's sad. It's sad for her. It's sad for her family. It's sad for the police officer that had to make the decision to pull that trigger. It's sad for his family. And everybody involved is forever changed. And I don't like it. I don't like the violence and I don't like the criminality and, and I, I really don't condone that stuff. But, you know, what were they saying about the actions of the founding fathers back in 1776 and 1777 and 78? You know, that's that's what I'm trying to look at is how is this stuff going to be looked at 50, 100 years from now? But that can't be all because we are living through history right now. So how are we dealing with it? And how are we going to be dealing with it next month and six months from now and a year from now? We are living through history right now. And we have to understand how it fits in our life. Yes. Because the thing is, the information that we have right now and how we're reacting to it right now is one way. But how we see it tomorrow morning, how we see it in a week from now... We might have more information, there might be more relevant facts, and it might be able to change a little bit of the narrative with true information. I'm not asking anybody to have magical thinking or to be out of control. I'm just saying look at the facts and look at it through you know, a lens of intelligence and decide how you should really feel about this. Is this something that demands every bit of outrage that you have? Is this the absolute worst thing that has ever happened? Is this worse than 9-11? Is it worse than JFK's assassination? Is it worse than the riots and total destruction of Kenosha? Is it worse than the, the riots in uh, LA or the riots in Seattle? You know, where, where does this stand? Are we going to get information where we think, ah, you know what? These people were acting in a way that they probably should have been, similar to how we now look at 
the founding fathers from 1776. And now I'm not saying that that's going to happen, and I'm not comparing this to it. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just simply asking a question, and I'm asking how do we get connected to the people to give them real truthful information so they can make the best decision about this and anything else possible? I don't know. I, I've kind of given up on most people. I mean, because at the end of the day, you watch what happened. You can look in the mirror. You know, that's that's my fault. That's everyone in America's fault. If you punch a single party ticket, you're a, a hardcore Republican and you listen to Mitch McConnell or whoever. And he tells you to vote like this or you a hardcore Democrat. And you listen to Nancy Pelosi and, and you know, she tells you to vote like that. And you're not doing your research and you're not voting for the individual candidates. We are to blame. We have, you know, as a mass, have blindly elected idiots to office continually because we allow our decisions to be made by other people. I mean, if everyone did their research and looked up these candidates, how they voted, what they stood for, and voted based off their record, you know, there, a lot of people wouldn't be in office right now. You know, I didn't vote for President Obama, you know, when he ran uh, because he he never voted on anything. I didn't know where he stood. He voted. He voted president he never voted yes or no so doing my research on him as a candidate for president i didn't know what he believed and i cannot vote for someone who i do not know what they believe because they don't take a stand well it's always said you get the government that you deserve and now we're at a point in our history that it's it's scary yeah on, and no matter what your view is whether it's you know time for revolution to start over or oh my gosh they're destroying america either either on either side of the aisle it's scary this is the longest republic in the history of the world. This is the greatest nation to ever exist. No one will ever be able to convince me otherwise. And it is sad that the longest lasting republic, the greatest nation in the history of mankind, is now at this crossroads. Well, that's we interesting. This far. Well, this is really interesting because I, I was just thinking about this, and I posted this question earlier on social media with a couple pictures. We are at a crossroads, so I would like to ask both of you, are we currently witnessing the death of America, the death of everything that we know and love in this country and everything this country has been based upon and everything that it stands for? Or are we witnessing a rebirth? What say either one of you or both of you? I, I don't know, Chris. I, mean, I don't know that there is a large enough percentage of people smart enough to take it in the right direction. I, mean, I, I kind of have to agree. I don't, I don't think anyone can definitively answer that question. Well, you can hope and pray that everything works out for the best and that the country that I was born in stays the beacon of freedom for the world. Well, you know, I right. And I think I, th I think the way that you both answered that is is scary to me because I think that we should be able to tell. I think if something like this happened in 1940 and we were sitting around talking about this in 1940 and 1945, we would have been able to answer that question. We, we would have known what was happening. And I feel like this, what's scary is that we don't know how to answer that. And to me, 
that is kind of an answer. Uh, yeah. And I think the answer is it, it you know I, I don't I don't mean like America's done tomorrow and I don't mean necessarily that America's done because Joe Biden's going to be sworn in on January 20th. I don't think that's I you know I think that everything's going to continue moving right on along. Last night the Georgia uh, Senate race uh, was a Democratic sweep, and everyone's going crazy saying, yeah, the Dems have the Senate and the White House, but what they don't realize is it's not going to be a tie because you have Senator uh, Joe Manchin who says he's not going to vote, and if he doesn't vote, it's not going to be a tie, which means the Republicans will have the majority. So, you know, I think that America's still going to be here tomorrow, I do think that we have been on a slippery slope that's getting steeper and steeper going down faster and faster. And I foresee a lot of terrible times ahead, but I believe that we can still pull it out. I still have some hope in here, at least a little bit, that we can pull this out and, and make a difference and hold on to the United States of America, the one that we were all born in. That's why civics and government needs to be brought back in the schools hot and heavy. I mean, the president, one man cannot destroy this country. The president does not hold that much power. The Senate, the Congress and Senate, whatever they do can be undone by a majority of was it 36 states. If you can get 36 states to vote, they can remove amendments from the Constitution. Right. People forget. I mean, the states have the, the states have de declined and allowed the federal government to take over more and more power. But the, the states, if if people were active in their state, local and state politics like they are in federal, and they and they push their local governments, the states have more power collectively than the federal government. But as we see in the elections this year, people don't pay attention to, to local and state elections. They will vote a retard in. He will screw you over $10 million in a t rural county, and they'll reelect him because he's a Republican. <laughs> he may be robbing us blind and driving our county into the dirt, but God, what would happen if a Democrat got into office? Right. I mean, that that is what goes back to what she was saying about the two party system, which the our founding fathers warned us against. This was never designed to be a two party system. That is absolutely correct. Moving on, Amber, you are the wife of a police officer, and I know before the recording we were talking about this, and I have prior experience in law enforcement, so I'm I'm interested in this as well. But I want to ask you from that standpoint, knowing what you know and having the fears that you have and the worries that you have and the concerns that you have, but just also knowing what you know from being a police officer's spouse— there are a lot of questions that come up like where were all of the officers that should have been prepared for this? How was this Capitol building breached so easily? And what is going on in uh, terms of all of that? And how do you look at this from your experience? What what say you? You see all the, the memes that people are posting like this is what it looks like when it was Black Lives Matter rallies. and This is what it looks like now. My question is, why is it not like that all the time? And, and people who want to say that it was just Black Lives Matter rallies in June or July, sit down. Right. Because, because there are photos, 
of fires and buildings destroyed. So don't don't get on your high horse because because I'm not on mine. I'm not saying that what happened today was okay, but don't pretend like nothing happened in June either. That right. show of force was 100% necessary then, and in my honest opinion, it was 100% necessary today. But my question is, why was it not there? Right. And well, then. I I, I see other posts that said, and I, I don't know the validity of this. I'm not stating this as fact. This is just something that I saw. I see other posts that say the Pentagon refused to bring in the National Guard. Is is that true? If so, why? And it just, it just, it all kind of, I'm not, I'm not usually huge on the conspiracy theories. And I'm not even saying that that's what this is, but it just all seems like the perfect storm. Like, we happen to have thousands upon thousands of alleged Trump supporters in D.C., but we only had maybe hundreds of law enforcement. Like, really? It doesn't add up. And it, yeah, it, it because just... this is the nation's capital. Trump. They keep saying that Trump knew he was going to do something because he tweeted this like two weeks ago telling the Patriots to come to D.C. They've been planning for this. They've known about this for weeks. They've known about this since November. They knew when the schedule was for the Congress to certify the results. So why would we be in a situation where, like you said, there were only a couple hundred police officers. I did see that. It was on C-SPAN. There was a tweet from, I believe, a congressman who said that he had uh, heard and, and was confirming that the uh, Department of Defense declined to send in the National Guard. And... Yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that the National Guard needed to be brought in. Why wouldn't you bring in? You know, three or four hours after this started, they brought in. I, I saw they were marching police in SWAT gear in, and they said they came from Maryland, and it looked like there were five hundred of them. You know, on top of what was there, why weren't those officers already there? Why wasn't this worked out? That's that's what I can't seem to understand. And then then it makes me question, you know, you, you have these I mean, literally, as we're talking, you have congressmen and senators showing their. Oh, we're so grateful for law enforcement today. Oh, really? Yeah, because you haven't been for the last four years. Yep. So it makes me wonder was was. Is that part of the plan? Did you did you have this lower show of force or lack of force, I guess, so it, it could fit the agenda? of this is how law enforcement is supposed to look. They're not supposed to be forceful. They're supposed to be helpful and guiding us out of the chambers and just, ah, right. sorry. You know, you know what you could look at it from, this is a product of the last couple of years. Is it, I mean, if you've looked at some of the stuff that's went on later and later, it seems like the police have been more apprehensive every time there's been a little less show of force. Because from their perspective, you know, they're under a microscope. Everything they do is chastised. If they showed too much force today, they'd be chastised for being too aggressive. They didn't show enough force. They're being chastised for being too lax. I could not be a police officer. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I just I couldn't do it. Um, well, and, and what you say about 
when you just said if they show too much force, depending on who you talk to today, if you got a, a group of, let's say, 20 people, depending on who you talk to, I, I would bet a lot of money that you would get at least one, and that's probably being generous in the at least category, that would say there isn't such a thing as too much force today. I can understand folks saying that. I can absolutely understand why somebody would say that. Moving on real quick, I want to read a statement from the show's attorney, Brian Pierce. He posted this just after all of this stuff began. We've spent the entire last year justifying chaos, violence, anarchy, looting, burning, and occupying. We've been ridiculing, demoralizing, and defunding and vilifying law enforcement. We've been labeling terror and mob rule as protesters and banning tear gas, rubber bullets, and riot gear. All of a sudden to today be shocked and appalled at the violent chaos, be crying out for law enforcement help, and condemning these quote-unquote fine citizens' right to protest their perceived injustices and wondering why there is no tear gas and rubber bullets to swiftly and forcefully restore order. And I tell you, I really like his statement there because I believe it. I believe that we have been being conditioned for what we are seeing. We have been being conditioned that one side can do X, Y, and Z, but if the other side tries to do this, that we are supposed to be outraged and it's supposed to be something that we just absolutely cannot accept. And I don't really understand that. The hypocrisy there is through the roof and it should not be acceptable. Now, when I say that, understand I am not condoning or condemning any of this. I am absolutely condemning violence and I'm absolutely condemning criminal behavior at this point. Knowing what I know right now, that's liable to change. It could change. It just depends on where we go from here and the information that we get. But as of right now, I do not condone violence and I do not condone criminal behavior. That being said, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And I've said that as far as politics has been concerned for a very long time. It's just like the deal with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the death and trying to push forward the Supreme Court justice versus what happened four years ago when Obama was in office and Judge Antonin Scalia died and the Democrats wanted to push forth a justice and the Republicans didn't want that to happen. It's just the exact same argument but the opposite side having that argument now, and that is so crazy, so asinine to me that I just don't understand. It's like, why are people not seeing this hypocrisy? And part of that hypocrisy deals with the political aspect, and part of it deals with how we treat law enforcement. And and it's, it's really rough, especially for the family members and friends of law enforcement officers. I'm a former police officer. I understand what it was like. Amber, you're the wife of a police officer. It's it's really rough. And seeing the various Monday morning quarterbacks is always amazing. And seeing people's expert analysis off Facebook and Twitter is just, it's, it's magnificent how stupid people can be. I'm seeing so many people post uh, uh, different things about uh, about police officers. 
regarding today. Like, oh, this shows that they are capable of not using deadly force. Yeah. And I'll see some some people on Facebook. I have I have lots of friends on Facebook, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we are friends in real life. But I'll see some of my friends, like people that I have conversations with, that I go to lunch with, that I let our children hang out together, that we, you know, go to the same class at the gym or, or what have you. I'll see friends post stuff like that. And when I when I question it, they'll always come back with the, oh, well, I, I'm not talking about your husband. Right. Oh, really? But if, if, if I were to say, mm. you know, all of the protests in May and June were riots by Black Lives Matter, they'd say, oh, are you, are you classifying all black people as rioters? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not talking about yours. Your, your, yeah. like, like, when when are we going to decide that you don't get to pick and choose? When you make a statement on Facebook or to my face or however about an entire profession or an entire race or an entire sex, you don't get to then back it up because I actually have the balls to ask you about it <laughs> and say, oh, well, well, I'm not talking about your husband. No, no, that is not how this works. And you you better, if, if you're going to say that to me, you better have the balls to then back it up on your post and say, I'm not talking about all officers. But they don't. Right. And that's what really gets me. And that's where this turns politics into ruining relationships. Yeah. Because if you're not willing to have my back and my family's back because of my husband's profession until I come to you about it, then you don't actually have our back. And I don't need those kind of people in my life. We got this saying in the infantry, I'd rather be judged by 12 than yep. carried by six. Yep. Absolutely. And people, they, they hear that and they, they think, oh, that's such a... That's such a horrible mentality and, uh, you know, but I just wish people could understand that there are two sides to each story, two sides to a coin. There, you know, however many more sayings there are like that, there's always two different things or maybe more going on and very few things in life are black and white. Most things and most situations are gray and they need to be examined for what the situation is with the factors and all of the information that connects with that group and it doesn't relate to any other situation. Let's just examine it based off the factors known in this situation and make the determination there. It's not black and white. There's a whole lot of gray. And here's where I want to mention something. Before we started recording tonight, I watched a video by an absolute troll of an individual, a horrible, horrible human being, that ignorant Keith Olbermann used to be on ESPN and had the countdown show on MSNBC before he went crazy or whatever happened. He's an absolute whacked out, left-leaning, progressive, crazy-ass liberal, and he does this new quick little stream podcast thing on YouTube, and it's it's horrible. It's not even worth watching, but for some unknown reason, I watched it tonight, and in his video, it was like two minutes long, he said that what happened today at the Capitol building was Donald Trump's 
9-11s. Oh. Not the pandemic. And I, look, I, I don't believe it, but I could see how individuals could say that the pandemic was Donald Trump's 9-11 because of the amount of people that have passed away, this, that, or the other. And I, like I said, I don't agree with it, but I could see how people could make that argument. But for Keith Olbermann to say that what occurred today at the State House was comparable to 9-11 and it's Donald Trump's terrorist attack on America, that's just absolutely disgusting. Keith Olbermann has lost his damn mind. I will put the link to that quick little video in the description of this episode so you can see it if you want to be disgusted like I was. He goes on to talk about how Trump's kids are all going to be arrested and prosecuted, and, and others who support Trump are going to be arrested and prosecuted, and it's, it's just complete insanity, but that comment there absolutely boiled my blood. Well, that statement from anyone, it, it, when you have people on the left saying Trump's going to be jailed, his children <laughs> are going to be jailed, and then, you know, you have people on the right saying the same thing about Hillary and Biden and Hunter, and no, they're not. Right. Because I've got news for any of you that say that they all have money. Yeah. And you are absolutely freaking kidding yourself if you think that anybody with that amount of money in this country is ever going to get punished for shit because they're not. If, and, if politicians uh, started to be prosecuted for their crimes, people might start having a little bit of faith in the system, but they're all dirty. They all call out anyone other you know, counterparts, they can't call them out on what they're doing wrong without calling themselves out. You know, I mean, you look at, they, they try to pass a bill to limit, to limit terms. It never makes it to the floor. They try to pass a bill to keep from doing insider trading. It, it never made it to the floor. And you know what I mean by insider trading? They're going to vote on to give a contract to yeah. Brown and Root. Mm-hmm. And then they'll delay it a day so they can all go buy stocks right. at Brown and Root. Right. And then come back in the, you know, the, if we did that, we'd go to prison. Sure. But they do it on a daily basis. That kind of stuff. Anytime that a bill comes up in in the House that would actually bring some faith back to, to the political system, it never even makes it to the floor. Anyone who reads or has even a molecule of intelligence know, you know, can see that the, the system is broken and it is corrupt and they're never gonna they're never gonna prosecute one person because they would end up themselves being prosecuted. Oh, well, sure. I mean, what, what did what did Hillary Clinton say? If I go down, I'll take half of D.C. with me. <laughs> she didn't say she'd take half the Democrats. Or right. take half the Republicans. She yeah. said she'd take half of D.C. down. Right, right. That would definitely be interesting to see what in the hell would happen if something like that ever happened. It's never going to happen, but it would, it's definitely interesting to think about. All right, before we wrap up here, I want to examine something here as we look at what happened today and what it could actually be compared with, or is there value in comparing it? Like Keith Olbermann compared it to 9-11. He said this was Donald Trump's 9-11. That's completely way off base. I want to know, can we compare it to the other riots and the other violence that we saw in various cities across the United States this last past summer? The Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, real quick, I know that people are going to jump on my ass for this because they're going to say, well, you have to look at the reasons behind the actions. And I want to say, 
yeah, we will in a moment. But before we start talking about the reasons why, I want to solely just look at the actions. I don't want to look at anything else. I just want to look at the actions. The actions of being in Detroit. The actions of being in Kenosha. The actions of being in Seattle and protesting and rioting and burning entire cities down over various reasons. And I understand those reasons are important and I understand that they need to be looked at. But right now, I just want to talk about the actions. The actions of protesting, rioting, and destruction in various cities across America compared with the actions of protesting, rioting, and some destruction in the capital today. I want to compare those things against one another. So let's pick Seattle, Kenosha, and Washington, D.C. All right, we have protesting going on in Seattle, Kenosha, and D.C. And those protests are all fantastic. There are no legal issues with any of them. Protesting is perfectly fine, and everything is A-OK. -okay. And then you have a group of those people that take it a step further. In Kenosha, they burnt down Every business that they could find, along with the police stations, the fire stations, the Wendy's, and anything and everything else they could find that was in their way. Now, let's talk about D.C. There was a protest in D.C., and there were a group of people that got crazy, and I know that they broke windows, and they entered the Capitol building illegally. But when they were in there, they didn't burn the Capitol building down. Biden come out and talked and said, they ruffled through drawers. Okay, well, that sounds horrible. I saw the one idiot picked up Nancy Pelosi's. <laughs> little podium thing and waved for the camera. This guy is going to be famous for the rest of his life because of this. You know, he's going to do some time or whatever happens to him here and then he's going to go on all the talk shows and he's going to be famous for the rest of his life because he's carrying Nancy Pelosi's little podium just as they're taking a stroll through through the Capitol building. But no crazy fires, no buildings were destroyed. Matter of fact, the Congress is back in the Capitol building as we're recording this, conducting business right now, and you really can't tell that this thing even happened today. And the other aspect of this is who was actually doing the rioting. The protests outside is fine, no, no harm, no foul. But the people who were actually breaking windows, kicking in doors, and doing the craziness in the Capitol building, were those people from the left? Were those people from the right? Were those the people that walked down from listening to Trump? Are they MAGA people? Are they Antifa people? Are they Black Lives Matter people? Are they Martians? You know, who are these people? Because we have all sorts of stories that are circulating right now. We have people saying that these are the alt-right proud boy types that are in here doing this. We have people who are saying, no, 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 they are Antifa that were dressed up like MAGA, and they're trying to make it look bad, kind of like a false flag operation. We just don't know. We will, in pretty quick order, we're going to know exactly 
who that we see in these pictures. We're going to know who they are. We're going to know what their social media presence looks like. We're going to know who they blog for. We're going to know what they post, if they podcast, if they listen to radio, what kind of books they read, what size their underwear is. We're going to know literally everything about a lot of these people. And it's going to be really interesting to see what side of the political spectrum they fall on. But one thing I can tell you, no matter who they are, something seems different than the other cities where protests turned into riots. And what seems different is this. I don't care who they were. I don't care if they were right, left, center, or upside down. They didn't burn the Capitol building down. They didn't cause a whole bunch of crazy destruction other than some just minor mischief and the craziness that a crowd can do. So then you say, well, which was worse? What happened in D.C. or what happened across America? And the people whose livelihoods and whose businesses and families were destroyed because their whole entire blocks, houses and businesses were just completely burnt down, I guarantee you those people are saying what happened in their cities back over the summer was worse than what happened today. On the flip side, you do have people who say, well, this disrupted the American election, and that is absolutely horrible. And I agree. I don't want anything disrupting our elective process. That is very sacred. It's very important. But you got to ask yourself, how long did it disrupt the process? Because as we're recording this, the senators and the representatives are back in the Capitol building right now certifying the Electoral College votes. So it disrupted it for a couple of hours, but it wasn't anything crazy long term. Biden will be sworn in on the 20th. So was this really disruptive or were these people just furthering the protest because they feel like they're not being heard they feel like they have nowhere else to turn that no one is listening to them and that they have to let out this cry for for justice because they feel as though they have been done wrong and they have nowhere else to turn and the reason i say that is because that's what i'm hearing about the folks that were doing the protesting and the rioting all across various cities throughout the summer, that they felt like they have been systematically uh, unjustly treated and they have nowhere else to turn and their cries for help and for reform are not being heard. So they do what they, they know to do in the last resort possible. And now, I want to say, I do not believe that anybody should have done more damage to the Capitol. I think they should have done less damage to the Capitol. I think nobody should have burnt anything down, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. I want to make sure that I say that right now. I'm just asking a question. Is this the same? Is it different? What say you? First, let me clear up. I don't think there is a difference. But there is perceived difference because this is, according to many white privilege and i know that's that's going to put us in a a muddy topic but it's hard for anyone to fathom right now with the state that the world has been in for the last year that anyone else 
can feel, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rage and a lack of justice and anger because the only rage and injustice and anger that we're supposed to be looking at is that of minorities. And it, that what happened today happened because of just that, because they feel that way. They've watched this system just screw them in the last year. They've lost jobs. They've lost homes. They've lost income. They've lost, I mean, some people have lost everything. Yeah. And they were, if you want my honest opinion, they were naive enough to believe that the government would save them because of who they voted for or because of who they didn't vote for. And they're learning that the government's not here to fucking save you. Right. I've said that. And, and they're mad about it. Yeah. And so, that, and so this is their response. And I'm, I'm not saying it's right. But it's, it's, it's the same on both sides, in my opinion. The government, the people that you vote for, the, the system is not here to save you. Right. No, it is. What did Reagan say about the federal government? If you think the federal government's going, going to save you, then um, basically you're screwed. Well, yeah. I, I can't remember verbatim. You know, the federal government is the last answer. I mean, look what they did to gas cans. You know, I mean, I don't even think there's a factory open in the United States anymore that makes gas cans. Um, <laughs> but they got all the safety features on it. It takes 15, 20 minutes to empty out a five-gallon can. Right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the Social Security system. 20, 30 years ago, there was so much money in the Social Security system, we were never going to run out. Well, then they kept draining off of the Social Security to, you know, to, as a, a stopgap in their spending. And now we're going to run out of Social Security money because they mishandled it. I can't think of one thing that the federal government has got their hands in that has actually worked. Anytime the federal government gets involved, it gets screwed up. <laughs> that's that's absolutely correct, Niles. Um, all right, we're getting close to the end here. Does anybody want to have a couple last words? What happened today, I think I said it earlier, this is a, a culmination of all of the riots, the elected officials getting up and making stupid speeches. This could actually end today if both the House and the Senate stood up and said, you know what? We have really screwed up. We have we have stepped on our PPs. Yep. We have made a lot of, a lot of bad speeches. We have um, incited a lot of anger all over the United States, and we have created this mess. And and we want to say we're sorry, and that we're going to step back and do our roles as federally elected officials and let the states handle the states and stop, you know, making all these speeches that's dividing our country. I mean, you can't chastise police as an elected official and then thank them, <laughs> you know, for getting them out of a bad situation. 
That is oh, but hypocrite. today you can. That's <laughs> apparently okay. Right. You know, I mean, I guess 17% of the country thinks Congress is doing a good job, so they've got that going for them. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, like 17% of my kids think that I'm a good mom, so I mean, <laughs> they're winning. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably... That's probably accurate. You know, I think they screwed up. They should they should have set up a free state of Chaz in the capital, and then I think the the, the you know the the far left would have been on board. Yeah, yeah, everything would have been fine. It was a it was a, a autonomous zone. Did I say that right? A autonomous, autonomous, autonomous. A utopian. <laughs> a utopian. <laughs> Hell, you can call it whatever you want. You just. As long as you spray paint deep on the police on the street, you're good to go. <laughs> right. I've never heard so much stupid shit in my life. I know. And, and what I don't understand is I'm, I'm sitting here watching C-SPAN. They're back in their chambers debating the, I think, the initial challenge that they had for Arizona, which started right before all of this craziness erupted earlier. And it's like nothing has changed. It's like nothing even happened. You know, they were here doing business. It was a random, normal Wednesday, and then, bam, 2.30 happens. We have a quick little coup, and you're back to work by 9.30. It's like not a damn thing happened. I just don't understand. This well, is I just mean, they're a... minus one podium. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, you know, that's I'm just, true. I'm disappointed that nobody dropped their pants and rubbed their bare ass on some chairs. <laughs> I mean, it, very good possibility that that did happen. In the future, everybody's going to be looking at Niles. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Where were you at, Niles? <laughs> He did a Niles. <laughs> well, um, all right. I think this is probably a pretty good place to leave it, rubbing your ass on seats. Um, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if nothing else, at least uh, we've given people something to think about for the next revolution. If anybody wants to wipe their ass on anything, you have Niles to thank for that. Um, you know, what's really going to be interesting is in the next couple days when the folks that were inside the Capitol building start releasing the pictures because you could tell they all had their cell phones. They were all either live on Facebook Live or they were taking selfies or taking other pictures. And so it's going to be interesting to see the pictures from today's events if social media allow these people to post these pictures up. I don't know that that will happen or not. I was wondering about that. You know, if you were somebody who was in there and you weren't really doing anything crazy, you didn't break glass, you just happened to walk in following the crowd and you were snapping pictures, will your social media account allow you to upload the picture? That's going to be interesting. I, I sure hope that we are able to see those pictures if, if you know, they're out there because I think that will tell the story a little bit further and give us a little bit more information as to what went on today. 
I know that there's other pictures and there are other videos out there. There has to be. They should take the recording and put it on pay-per-view. I bet they'd make millions. Shit. <laughs> people would watch it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People would watch it. For everyone that's outraged, people would watch it. And I know that people are going to be mad when they hear this because they think that we're making fun. But, at, you know, like, at, seriously. I mean, here's the thing. One person lost their life, and that's one person too many. That's a horrible situation. But seriously, after 2020, we talked about it in the last episode, Amber. Here, here we are. We're six days into this new year, and there's not a damn thing different. This is something I would have expected out of 2020. 2020 oh, I, plus six. Literally, as you said that, I see a post that says, well played. December 37th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's... Hey, they could do a trial by combat for seats. It's pay-per-view, and all the proceeds go to pay off the national debt. <laughs> Boom! Unbelievable. All right, well, that sounds like a good place to end. Niles, thank you for joining us. Don't wipe your ass on any seats. Uh, and Amber, same to you. I'll try not to. <laughs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode 137, Living Through History of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury and Amber Green. I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to our producer, Niles Thornburg, producer Kate. Thank you for allowing Niles to come on and chat with us. For all of you out there, please remember to share the show with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. They can go and look for us by the full name of the show, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. But the easiest way is to simply go to Google and enter in Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Do it today. We are just one click away. Let everyone know where they can find us. Also, look for us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilberry 318 Please help spread the word. Until next time, be sure to get educated, get active, get involved, stay safe. Folks, it is a crazy, crazy world out there. You really never know what's going to happen. After all, it is December 37th, 2020. You never know what that might mean. All right, folks, take care. God bless. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.